Welcome into the Grace One Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. This is going to be a real life stories edition of the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We have a great missionary on with us today, Steve Wilson out of Chile. He's actually been on the podcast. It was, it seems like, you know, many, many, many episodes ago. So you can do two things after this, you listen to this episode. Number one, go back through the archives of the Grace One Daily Podcast. Maybe I'll repost that and you can listen to that uh, and then listen to this one because, I mean, there's so much insight, understanding, wisdom. Steve Wilson is really a great guy. So I know that you're going to enjoy this podcast. And as always, I encourage you to like, share, and subscribe as we're going through this journey of interviewing all these missionaries. I feel like my life's being changed, man. And I hope your life is being changed because these stories are encouraging, uplifting, they're convicting, they're challenging. And I hope at the end of at the end of it all that that you are capturing a heart for God's mission that is going all across this globe right now, because I know that God has called all of us to be a part of the mission of God. Hey, let's stop messing around. Let's welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast, missionary to Chile, Steve Wilson. How are you, Steve? Fine. How are you? Very good. Hand clap for you. You are. It's good. It's good to be back. Yeah, you're a veteran. Unlike these other uh, missionaries that have been on the Grace One Day podcast, you are a veteran. This is now your second time, so I'm sure you're. I'll tell you what. Very honored and moved by that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Steve. Well, it's really. Uh, Steve, the one thing I remember about you, there's two things I remember about you that really, really stick out my hand, in my mind. Number one, your beard. You had a mammoth long beard ah. the first time I met you. <laughs> Which, do you still have that beard? I still have that beard. I have not cut it. It is still long. Okay. Praise <laughs> praise God. So as the anointing grows, <laughs> so does your beard. Well, it's wisdom. Wisdom, brother. Yeah. <laughs> more, more longer the beard, the more saintly the person. There you go. Yeah, and secondly, I do remember you talked about penguins, beards, and uh, beard and penguins. Those are two big beards things. Beards and penguins, boy, that's that's quite a legacy to leave. Yeah, and you're talking. Yes, we do have penguins down here because well, we're actually you're interviewing me. We are in Patagonia. Patagonia, okay, six thousand miles south of Carthage. Yes, and, okay. Uh, it's it's fall here right now. Starting to see signs of fall, and it's cool and rainy. Wow. And it's the, is it the southernmost country in South America? Is that correct? Or roughly? Chile like and Argentina share all the way down to the, to the tip of South America. We are, I believe, the southernmost missionaries in the world. Wow. That's awesome. Well, let's dive into it, Steve. Let's talk about, give us a bio of who you are and what you're doing as a missionary. Well, let's see. I was born in Florida, did a lot of growing up there. My folks moved a lot and uh, between Florida and Missouri. And uh, I went to Central Bible College and met Rhonda while, right during that time. Her dad was pastoring a church um, in Fairview, Missouri. That's, that's not that far away from, from y'all. Okay. Uh, she has some roots in in uh, Carthage. I think she worked there. Yeah, anyway, I, remember, we got I remember that. Married. Okay, we got married in Joplin, and so uh, have some links there. Uh, we were called to the mission field, and uh, we uh, 
ended up uh, going to different countries, worked with children's ministry. And then I think it was in 95, we uh, ended up landing in Chile, as the Lord called us here. And and we've uh, been in Chile since then. We've moved to Patagonia, I think it was in 98, somewhere around then. And we've been here ever since. Wow. What's descri- uh, des- Describe to me Patagonia. Is that a small island, a small community? It's a region of the world. It's actually the southern tip of South America. It's uh, both Chile and Argentina. The two sides are separated by the Andes Mountains, and it is radically different. Our side of the Andes Mountains are more like southeast Alaska than anything. Hmm. Uh, It's rainy. It's cool. It's mountainous. And uh, we get snow. We, like like I said, we have penguins. <laughs> it's it's a rugged area. Uh, very very pretty. Wow. Uh, unless you've been to Ketchikan, Alaska, you, you you won't know where what it's like where we live. The okay. Argentine <laughs> side is arid and windy and flat. Okay. So you know it's it's that's our area, and we've been working here. Uh, pioneering churches and helping the the few churches that are already here. Wow. Praise God. Let's start working back through your story. I know that you mentioned you grew up bouncing between Florida and Missouri. Talk to me about your upbringing. Were you grew up in a Christian family or what was your spiritual life growing up? Pretty much a Christian. Uh, I was, I think I accepted the Lord when I was four. I think that's what they told me. I can I can't tell you how old I was, but I can still see <laughs> what when it was. Oh, wow, okay. I, 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 st- I that's I don't have a good memory at all, but I remember that, and that uh, was in Sunday school. Matter of fact, some church in Miami. Okay, couldn't tell you what church, but we were outside standing in a circle, and I prayed the Lord's prayer, and I can still see that, which is. If you know my memory, that's astounding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my folks, you know, they they followed the Lord as well. My mom is Jewish, and uh, when she was young, she accepted the Lord, hmm. uh, Jesus says Messiah. Well, her parents disowned her. Wow. And uh, as a result, I, I, even though I'm, I'm Jewish, I'm, I, I didn't grow up Orthodox at all. I grew up Christian because my folks were Christian. Okay. Would you, would you still consider, or do you term yourself a Messianic Jew, or how do you? Absolutely. How do you describe that? You're, okay. you're Jewish by birth. Okay. That's just you know, and then you're Orthodox or not. Okay. And I am not Orthodox. However, I am Messianic. I, yeah, I believe and know that Jesus is the Messiah. Wow. So was that very important to your mom, uh, mother, and father to clarify that to you as you were growing up, to to understand and to know Jesus? Was that really something passionate to you, or did they kind of let you discover it on your own? What was that process like? It was uh, definitely who we were. We were Christians. Well, you know, when you're when uh, you're disowned by your parents and you still stand, you've obviously got something there that that you've made a firm decision, and and it's it's very very important to you. This isn't a casual decision. And uh, I can say that that later on, my folks 
uh, reconcile with my grandparents. I mean, they didn't want to have anything to do with those Christians, but there was some reconciliation, and it is possible that one or both of my grandparents did accept Jesus. I'm not sure that they both died when I was very young. But uh, I remember, you know, I had the little the little yarmulke or kippah and the, the phylacteries and all that. Uh, I never did bar mitzvah because my grandpa died before then. But but there was some some uh, some reconciliation happened. It was it's part of who I, I am. Yeah, but yeah, uh, above all, I am and was a Christian. My family was Christian no doubts about it mm, wow is that still something that's on on a daily basis do you still find yourself praying for jewish people and uh how does that affect you right now as a, a messianic jew do you still find yourself praying and yeah talking about that a lot it's, it's not yeah it's, it's not a major part of of what i do day to day we're surrounded in a different culture Mm-hmm. And that uh, uh, takes my focus. Obviously, we we pray and care for all the lost, but sure. but what we're doing, you know, we're you know, basically putting out a house fire, and those people are are way over there. But I've got this this disaster happening in front of me, mm-hmm. and so I'm more focused on that. I'm pulling people out of the fire, and and uh, that's that's how we feel. That's how we feel, and probably how you feel sometimes. Yeah. Just, Yep. We just got this stuff that's so urgent right in front of us. Yeah, urgent is a great word. I've been talking the about The Lord cares for all the lost, yes. uh, Jews and Gentiles. Amen. So when you were growing up, did you have a, I, you talked about your salvation experience, this memorable moment where you prayed in Sunday school, gave your heart to Jesus Christ. Did you grow up with a real desire or a calling of some kind did you from that moment as a young boy and then a teenager did you grow up saying i'm gonna do i'm gonna do a work for the lord i'm gonna be a missionary i'm a pastor when did that first thought begin to entertain and become a part of your thinking in your life no no drawing of any kind like that in the future i just grew up and uh faced all the challenges of kids and 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 life, but I never knew what I was going to be when I when I grew up. Okay. Um, we ended up being children's pastors in southern Louisiana. After we left Joplin, we did feel the Lord wanted us to go there, and we did. And we were happy there, totally happy being children's pastors. And uh, during that time, this was back in, uh, I think we moved there and. 80, 81, something like that. And there, while we were there, I think we were there for seven years, and it was while we were there that the Lord called us to the mission field. We had no no desire to leave. We were, we were content. But then the Lord called us to step further, uh, step out of the boat, as you will. And yeah. uh, we listened to that call, and it's been an adventure the whole time wow <laughs> there's like no two days are the same yeah and part of the reason we're, we're trying to do these stories is i, I think it's so encouraging to kind of hear people how they processed work through the callings of god in their life because it, it just encourages you know it's all it's all different it takes place in different time frames different seasons yes. and stages it's not just a one 
you know, one way one type of thing. All, it is not. Exactly. God treats us as individuals. Very yeah. unique. So what was, how did you know you wanted to be in ministry then? What was, or, you know, I'm be, pre-missions. I, that was one encounter there. But why did you go into ministry? How, how did that calling unfold for you? That, I, that I believe, uh, was a, a process, and my folks encouraged it. Uh, well, I went to CBC, but I didn't have a clear idea of what I was going to be doing after okay. Central Bible College, for those that don't know. It was in Springfield, and uh, I, I, I can see the Lord's hand on my, my life, but it wasn't anything that I had mapped out ahead. It's like, here's the next step, and you take it. And a lot of times it seems like the Lord's leading is like that. Uh, you don't have the entire life mapped out, even though that'd be nice. Yeah. But it doesn't work like that. Yeah. I had not uh, just a couple months ago, I was preaching and I kind of referred to that as a puzzle. You know, it's kind of like, there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, and I hate like, you know, once I get over 50 piece puzzle, I get really frustrated, you know, so, but you know, <laughs> life is you put the edges together, you, you know, if you get that thousand piece puzzle, you got 50, you, you have 200 blue pieces that all look the same. And, uh, you know, you know, it's all going to come yes. together, but it's just piece by piece. And that, that is, that is the journey of faith. It's step by step. That's our piece journey. by yeah. piece. It's, and it comes together. And then you look behind you and you can see how all the pieces fit. And if you step back from that a little bit, you can see how there's a pattern. Yeah. It's like what we do today is preparing us for something down the road. And you can look back and see that. Um, and I believe that's our entire life. What we do now, where we're at now, is preparing us for something down the road. And my personal belief is that our life here yes. is preparing us for what we'll do during the millennium. Yes. During, the, during the millennial reign, it's yep. preparing us for what will happen after. I believe yes. that's how yeah. God works. Yeah. Yep. I, I totally... I think this is all a setup for, you know, like yes. what's to, uh, yeah, what's to come, it's, it's, you know, I believe that. Yeah. And because we talk about that, you know, in, in eternity, we're going to have duties and responsibilities responsibility, and uh, yes. we're not just hanging out on cloud. Wow. That's such a powerful point that I, I really going believe to be, in. It is going to be a wild adventure. It's going to be fun. We <laughs> are this idea of harps and clouds. It ain't going to happen. Yep. <laughs> wow. That's powerful. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to work through this here. So Rhonda, did you meet her in Bible college then? Or when did you guys get married? We got married in 80, and uh, my folks were doing evangelism at the time. My Rhonda's folks were um, pastoring and pioneering a little work in Fairview, Missouri. Okay. All right. And so uh, my folks would go wherever, and we had a motorhome. So they ended up, I don't know how it came about, but they ended up preaching, uh, doing a revival um, at Rhonda's church. And Rhonda was uh, between semesters at college, and she became the entertainment committee for the evangelist son. Mm-hmm. And we started messing around we, and found out we like to do the same stuff. We like to fish and canoe and hike and stuff. <laughs> and we just became really good friends, and it just developed from there. We've been having fun together for 40 years now. 
Wow. Did you each have a list? Did you have requirements? Did you for each other? We're like, I have to marry someone who wants to do ministry. I have to, uh, (laughs) you know, I have to marry a man that one day will have a really long beard and all those kind of things. (laughs) (laughs) No, not at all. We, neither of us were looking for anybody, nor did we had, uh, Matt, I don't know if you know people like that. I've never met anybody like that. Uh, just, we just became friends and that developed. That's wow. the only way I can put it. We okay. just, we like each other. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's, you know, sometimes, okay, we're bringing up a theory here, talking deep theology now, you know, sometimes okay. it's, sometimes you have to look and sometimes you don't have to look right for the things of God. Sometimes in our spiritual journey, there are things if we're just obedient and we're focused on him, then he brings us those things yes, totally that could be a spouse, that. but then there's sometimes there is a searching too, right? I mean, there's sometimes there is a seeking and a searching uh, to God, and so there, you know, there can be a wisdom to to find the balance. What I'm trying to say is, some pe- what I think is this again, we come back to the individual thing. It, it, it's not one size fits all. It's uh, how God is dealing with you and your personality and your mm-hmm. needs and what's best for you. Yeah. And whether that's a pure step-by-step, uh, we have no idea what's coming next, or or you have to fight for this, or you need a mix of both. Whatever it is for your good is how God is going for, to yeah. do that. Yeah. All things work together for good, and, and that's his plan for it. That's our training regimen. Yeah. That's great. I well, part of the setup of all this, Steve, is part of these podcasts. I confess is very selfish on my part because I have two daughters that are graduating high school. They both want to be missionaries, and so I force them. I'm forcing to listen listen to all these missionary podcasts. So that's why I really <laughs> I really need you to speak some wisdom and insight that's, that's here. Good, that's good. <laughs> Just and to, I go ahead. I also believe that it would be really good. If all of our young people in the States could get out to another country and see how the real world lives, because we in the U.S., we don't see that. Yeah. We don't understand that. Yeah, there, there's something there, there's there's a beauty and a power to that. I, you know, I say it this way or I've said it this way at times is that Jesus didn't say give. He said go. And as yes, as much exactly. as I believe, here we are talking to Steve Wilson, missionary uh, to, to Chile, and we're supporting you as a church with money. That's a good thing. That's a God thing. But I and have been for decades. Yeah, and I but I can't tell people enough uh, what will even propel that desire for missions further. If you go just one time, it doesn't even have to be fifty times, 10, 20 times, ten oh. times. One time, I believe, will change everything for your perspective and your heart for the Lord and for the mission of God. We've had a number of teams. We've hosted teams here and in other parts of the world. And people come down, and they they come to bless, and they do, and they help. But really, and I've seen a number of teams, and every time it's the same thing, the ones that are changed and blessed the most are the people that come. Mm-hmm. It's the team. Yeah. Wow. So true. I, I And I just keep, yeah, keep preaching that. Just go, just go, just go. And, and that's for, I brought them up. So I'll just say it one more time. My, my daughters, uh, they're calling 
because they feel called to be missionaries. That happened on a short-term mission trip to Haiti, the country of Haiti, when they were four and five years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, so there you go. That's very good. Yeah, you want to expose expose our young people um, very early on, and we're kind of we're just bouncing around here, here a little bit, Steve. But you know, one That's of the things um, cool talking about some different religions, kind of thing. Uh, I pastored in Utah, and one of the things that I admire now, listen to my words correctly, you and everyone listening. <laughs> um, uh, one of the things I admire and respect about the Mormon Church. Uh, we are not Mormons. We don't align ourselves with Mormon theology, doctrine, etc. But one of the things I think is very admirable about what they do is they send all of their young people on a mission. It's a requirement. It's a requirement, right? You know, it's like, it's amazing. And, and I remember one time I was flying out of Salt Lake City Airport to go on a short-term mission trip myself. And that wing, uh, I was flying to LAX at the time to transfer, I think, to Mexico or somewhere. Um, anyway, but... That whole airport was jam-packed full of Mormon missionaries. And I literally wow. had this thought. I said, wouldn't that be awesome if I'm in, I'm in this uh, denomination or fellowship called the Sims of God, uh, which is just a Christian Pentecostal uh, organization. Okay, But I, I was thinking, what if the Sims of God required our young people to go on a mission? How much more amazing would our movement in uh, you know, if, if we made and do it. So I'm a proponent of that. <laughs> <laughs> but if, but if every kid, every student, every young person could get a taste of missions, man, I guarantee you, we would have more missionaries. We would have more people yeah. uh, participating, active and giving their life to the global mission of God. What do you think about that? Yes. <laughs> so could you repeat that? I was, I was, uh, doing something right then i missed that uh, i was just basically trying to get you to agree with me steve that's all i was trying to okay. do so, yeah <laughs> all right so as you talk to me I about distracted for a second. yeah the the process of of you know when you get the call to missions and you know from the moment you say yes i'm going to be a missionary to the moment that you get on the plane and you're heading there for the first time what was that process like it's a long process. <laughs> From the time we, I'm serious, man. People need to get a grip on that. It's not like, okay, we just go, we're, we're getting the mission field now. I think from the time that we knew God wanted us to be missionaries to the time we actually left, I think was five years. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was constant uh, next step stuff the whole time. And uh, it's not something casual. This is a major decision. And uh, you're familiar with all the steps, and and there's ways you can – and I don't know how much that's changed because, you know, again, that's been 30 years. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, it was was not a casual decision. You you made it to the field because you really – knew you were supposed to be on the field and you worked hard to get there. You were talking about, um, you know, the decision you got to, to, to make effort to take the next step and everything. Uh, a little bit ago, you were talking about that. And that is definitely one of the times in our lives where you had to really make the effort to get, to do the next step that the Lord wanted you to take. Yeah. Did you not a casual thing? Did you ever want to give up? Did you ever second guess yourself in that in that time frame? 
I'm pretty stubborn. We're both pretty <laughs> stubborn. Okay. Well, when when we knew God wanted us to do it, it um, what was involved was just secondary. We just like you like you were describing with the puzzle. Mm-hmm. You just keep slamming it to, to the next piece, looking for the next piece until it clicked, and then you move on to the next one. Yeah. Well, that's, I think I, I think there's there's a biblical word for our spiritual journey that will have to be practiced, whether it comes to our calling or stepping out of faith. It's a thing called perseverance, right, Steve? It's it's oh, per- yeah. persevering. Perse- vital. Yes. Persevering means I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pushing forward. I'm going to keep doing. I'm going to keep serving. And I'm not going to, you know, one obstacle. Can we find that a spiritual stubbornness? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm not giving up. I'm not, I'm not quitting. Yeah, I'm that's the hang in there. Uh huh. Steve Wilson, Steve Wilson you. translation there. <laughs> yep. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing to, you know, when God speaks something to you, you should never give up on it and you should grab hold Absolutely. on it. Be- because no matter it, what. Because if it is God and if you're willing to do what God has called you to do, then it will come to pass. You know, Steve, you said five years. Uh, three missionaries, three podcasts ago, <laughs> uh, yeah, I yeah. interviewed a missionary from the moment he felt called to the moment he became a missionary was 37 years. That's a long time. Well, look at your daughters. They've been called to the mission field since they were five. Yeah. And they're still hanging on there. They're still, <laughs> they're, they just know where they're going. Yeah. And uh, and some people, it's it's real short. They had no idea. Like like us, we were we were happy, we were totally fine. But I think the key here, the the common denominator, is that when God, you know, God wants you to do something, you do it. Yes, that's yeah. the next step. That's what you do, no matter the cost or the time or anything like that. And that perseverance, I think, really comes into play. Then you just do whatever it takes. To, to do that. Amen. What was it like when you first, your first term as a missionary, when you, you're on the plane and you got all those bags packed and you step off the plane and now it's not just, I'm going to check it out or I'm going to, for a short term missions trip, I'm coming here to stay. I, I understand some people are really affected by that moment, for us, it was not. Okay. It was just like, okay, I'm serious. It was kind of, kind of anticlimactic. It, okay, we're here. What's next? It, we weren't chomping at the bit to get going. We were we were simply taking the next step. Um, I, I understand we're probably a little weird, but mm-hmm. that's just how we are. You know, just, uh, okay, we're in Chile now. And uh, what's the next thing we do? Oh yeah, we got to get a car. We got to get the paperwork, and and we, st- you know, all this stuff. It was just, I don't know, hard yeah. to describe. It just, yeah, and, but that's a good point, you know, because it's you know, being a follower of Jesus Christ is is real. Not every moment is this supernatural epic event, right? I mean, it's like, exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's fine. That doesn't mean God isn't supernatural, amazing and awesome, but it's like, you know, the, the minute you got off the plane, it's not like 
Jesus popped out of a cloud with a penguin in his hand and gave it to you and said, bless you, my son. I'm so grateful that you're here. I'm very grateful that didn't happen. Penguins and, are mean. And he's still your pet to this day and lives with you. And every time you look at him, you're reminded of that moment with Jesus. And, uh, you know, okay. Okay. <laughs> now yeah, I'm getting gonna... weird here, Steve. No, uh, but <laughs> you're you, not weird. You're yeah. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's... Um. The, the the to live the Christ life and the the journey of faith sometimes is an everyday normal step by step moment by moment um, thing yes. that we do. That and is again, it's different for different people. Uh, what, what was for me or any of these others other guys is definitely not necessary. You know, it's just yep. not what it's going to be for you. You're going to be you. And uh, there may be this moment when you step off the plane or the boat and yeah. you, know, you hear trumpets or, or something <laughs> really, you're really affected or something. I don't know. Um, but the thing is that, that you do it and, uh, and knowing that just because it happened this way to that guy, doesn't mean it'll be the same for you. Yeah. What's been some of your biggest highs and your biggest lows as a missionary? Oh, you boy. can start with either <laughs> one. Start with the highs yeah, and start really. with the lows. There, there's, you know, uh, seeing a life changed, seeing, uh, seeing where God used you to do something. That's that's got to be our highlights. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, seeing, I mean, seeing a life changed is, is just, there's nothing com- comparable. A life rescued, seeing God move or, and, or heal somebody or, uh, you know, it's just uh, uh, indescribable. There's yeah. nothing like it. Because And, and then I, some... Oh, I, try, I try to describe that two ways is number one, because you don't do it, but in God's sovereignty or supernatural uh the way you get to help do it right so it's like yeah yeah you get to be the vessel you get to be the tool yeah um you you get to be used and and you're blessed because of it even though there is no way that you could claim any kind of Mm -hmm. responsibility you know it just feels good yeah you know i i had a a little part in that even though it's not my my fault that it happened yeah but still i got to be a part of something important a life changed you know the lows is when it didn't happen when once you know somebody rejected uh and and or or you lose somebody you know i just i hate doing funerals i just i hate death okay (laughs) and and to lose somebody that that you were, you had hopes that they would, uh, that they would listen to the message and receive it, and and they didn't. Um, you know things like that. It just is very hard. A severe illness. You know those those were lows, and you just there are times when the tsunami hits, when the when the the storm hits, and in those times, when it when it's so hard and and so rough, that um, you know you come to that part where or the armor, mm-hmm. you're, you you know you, you put on all these these pieces of armor, 
And in the last part, you put on the armor and stand. Stand. And he didn't say you you whip out your sword and and start flailing away at Mm. at this. You know, you stand. You got to tuck in, raise your shield, plant your shoes on the rock, and you just hang on. Mm. And it works. The the storm breaks around (laughs) you. Wow. Okay. I'm this kind of kind of wrap up here. Uh, Steve, and I'm meaning this question very respectfully, uh, you, because it's going to make me sound like I'm saying you're old, but uh, <laughs> you are getting towards, Watch out yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're, you're getting towards, or I think you might potentially be on your last term or heading close to one of your last terms as a missionary. Is that correct? That's correct. Okay. So you're heading towards the finish line, not the finish line, because we already talked about this. Correct. I know uh, what you're talking about, though. The career finish line. Yeah. The or career, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it from here. Yeah. And like we said, we got all, all these other stages of our et- eternal calling that's going to flush itself out. But as far as missionary Steve Wilson, uh, that chapter is kind of going to come to a close here. With that in mind, what are some of the things that just, just, I, out of out of this experience that God gave me, these are things that I want to tell you, that I have to tell you. That if this was if this is my last term, then here's what I want everyone listening to know. Because everyone in the world is listening right now. Okay. <laughs> if there's anything that I could any counsel that I could give that I have seen my entire life and career. It would be this, whatever God says to you, do it. That's, that's it. Well, that's not that's easy, it. but uh, <laughs> that's not no, easy to do. But, but that, <laughs> yeah, that, there you have it. It's, it's tra- learning to hear what God and being sure it's God and not yourself. And you get all this stuff we can put in there, the, the little the little. That's the big puzzle. That's the picture on the box. Mm-hmm. What God yes. says to you, do it. But but you will not lose doing that. You will mm-hmm. only gain, and your life will be fulfilling, and mm-hmm. others will be blessed, and lives will be changed. And we could go on and on. You could preach how many sermons on that. Yeah, and it's but, and uh, it's worth it, right, Steve? I mean, it's the the oh call. Yes. I mean, you could say, well, yeah, maybe I could have done this or that or had more or less, but I oh yeah, you talk- I could, we could have been rich. We we both had, could have been, you know, monetarily rich, but we chose to invest in the kingdom. We chose to invest in eternity, and uh, only time will tell how that how that works. <laughs> and again, we're not we're not doing it for reward. Yep. Where we just, I, I don't know how to describe it, man, but uh, when when God called us to do something, we were, but you still, there was always an element of faith involved. But when we were confident it was God, we just did it and we were glad we did. Amen. And I think everybody else could, could say the same thing that has done it. Yep. Just, and if you're, a young person trying to decide what to do and you feel God tugging you in a, in a direction, do it. It'll be faith involved. There'll be struggle involved. Mm-hmm. You'll probably have to make decisions <laughs> that I, I choose to go this direction and not that other really attractive one. Yep. But uh, 
short and long term, there will be no regrets. Wow. Praise the Lord. And there's, you know, with that statement of mind, and it's never too late to do it. You know, you could, um, sometimes I feel people get to a certain age or spot in life, you know, maybe they're married with kids and, uh, have a house and a career and they, well, I can't do what God's called me to do. No, it's never too late to do what God's called you to do. No. And he no, can, it's he, just, yeah, he can make up, redeem, restore, step out and do it. Say that again. I couldn't understand. Uh, I said, you know, just like just this theme that you're reiterating, just do it, you know, just do it. What? No, yes. Uh, because there's going to be an, I mean, you could find a litany of reasons not to do it every single time, but every time you have to yes. do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, wow. Steve Wilson, I'm so encouraged. Good to talk to you again. And I'm so grateful that you're on the field there doing the work of the Lord and man, praise God. Thank you. It was very good hearing your voice and and being a part of the this ministry in Carthage that has been such an important part of our lives and our ministry. Y'all have been faithful partners with us. And and that is one of the cool things about about this Christian walk is yep. that you're six thousand miles from us, mm-hmm. but you are partners with us, yep. and you are literally going to share the same reward with us. Amen. Everybody that participates, and yeah, I guess that's part of being family. Uh, I'm so glad that you brought that up, Steve. And hey, we really appreciate you having on the Grace Point Daily Podcast for the second time. And you know, maybe <laughs> there'll be a third, a trilogy, if you will, someday down the road. We'll find out. You know. <laughs> Boy, I tell you. <laughs> All right. It's good talking to you. May the Lord bless you. All right. Yes, Senor. Yes, yep. Senor. Let's bendiga. Amen. Missionary Steve Wilson, so grateful that you've joined us on the Grace Point Daily Podcast. Again, like, share, subscribe. Hope you enjoyed this one. We'll talk to you next time.